Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. All right, RJ, uh, kind of picking up where we left off last uh, Friday with the way too early. I'm, uh, you know, once again got got Gatorade here, which means once again Afra is here awaiting said Gatorade bottle. However, I have learned. I have an empty Gatorade bottle from yesterday <laughs> with which to sacrifice to her. I'm not going to move the camera or anything, but I'm going to take a quick picture of her and I'll put it up on the YouTube version of this so everyone can see what is staring at me <laughs> right next to me here on the bed. And she's now holding my hand. So there you go. There is your Gatorade bottle. Enjoy. Try not to be too noisy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good thinking there, Dylan. Yes. Ugh. It's not quite, you know, which national pizza chain is the most garbage, which is what last week's kind of turned it to. <laughs> and judging by the fan response, I think they said all of them. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it's it's fair. It's fair. I just, you know, don't don't tell Morgan Geeky that. No. No, definitely don't mention that around him. That gold card, he'll he'll <laughs> he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so super excited to you know pick up with this kind of episode fifty part two, um, what we're calling it, uh, and uh, and to get into all the amazing you know Kraken fan moments that everybody submitted to us. Thanks so much to everybody who uh, got back to us, whether it was on Twitter or uh, via the. Um, the, the Google phone voicemail thing got lots of fun calls there. Obviously all the tweets were, were super enjoyable and everything. So super excited to dive into all of this. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I don't know why I was surprised at how, you know, engaged everybody got and, and how into it everybody was, but I, I'm just always surprised at uh, the continued support and everything everybody gives us. Yeah, every time I'm just amazed by the response. I feel like after a while we should stop being surprised by it, but mm -hmm. just it, it's just incredible to see how many people, uh, you know, got back to us and engaged with us and wanted to share their Kraken moments. And it was just so fun preparing for this episode too, yeah. sifting through everything, looking at all the responses. I, I mean, that was half the fun, and and uh, now we get to share them all. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I just think, you know, again, this is kind of like a really fun way of kind of closing that chapter on on season one and um, and and looking ahead to season two as we get towards the end of August here. Training camp will get going in September, preseason, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's all good. But before we dive into that stuff, RJ, just some like housekeeping notes for everybody as far as uh, what the remainder of our August schedule is going to look like. So uh, obviously the World Juniors just finished. We would talk about that here for Kraken News. However, the Kraken unfortunately didn't have anybody in them. Um, the Ducks sure did. <sighs> McTavish looking good. Zellweger, ugh. even Postajov, like this, ugh, they scare me. <laughs> if there's going to be a foil to the Kraken over the next decade, it will be Anaheim. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm gonna have the video coming out about like my. You know, I'll call it, I'll label it former scouts take something like that about all the prospects at the world juniors. Um, I'll have that coming out this upcoming Wednesday. And then on Friday where we would normally have way too early, cause we have one way too early left planned. We're actually going to be doing the big mascot contest reveal video. The, the winner will be announced by Zoidberg. So that's going to be coming out this Friday. 
and we're going to push the final way too early video to August 31st so we can just we can end the month with a bang and uh, and go with that one and then obviously deep dive will be like normal on Monday of next week uh, so that's just kind of what our remainder of August schedule looks like we were both kind of surprised as we were talking about this yesterday and we realized wow we have like all this content still after being so worried for so long about what the heck are we going to do come August when nothing's going on. Um, we, we, we almost did too good a job, RJ. We ran into scheduling difficulties because we had too many things going on. Exactly. I think we saw all that empty calendar like, all right, we need to fill this Went a little too much. We'll have something new for you, though, almost every other day for the rest of the month. So, you know, I'm excited about that. And maybe that last way too early video, maybe it'll just be too early. Maybe, maybe it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one, though. I, I mean, we we teased it after the first one about it being like the the, the biggest one. It's certainly the most like on brand for way too early. <laughs> <laughs> that is for oh, yeah. sure. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun fun uh, to do that one. I'm really looking forward to it. But for now, let's go ahead and go into the deep dive into everybody's favorite moments from season one of the Kraken. So RJ, why don't you kick us off with um, like all the all the write in messages and stuff that we got, and then we'll do phone calls after that. All right. So I guess we'll start with uh, some of the responses on Twitter that we got to the tweet that we put out. A lot of great comments on there. Uh, we'll start with Aaron. Uh, most memorable moment is any and all Kraken fans creating content and or community for all of us to enjoy and partake as equals to debate hockey. And it's like, thank you. Truly, I have waited most of my life for a pro team in Seattle, and I'm just enjoying every little bit. Uh, well, thank you. There, there have been so many people out there in this kind of Kraken sphere, you know, that, that follow the team and everything that we've got to interact with. And it's just been gr such an experience uh, to have everyone and to talk about this awesome hockey team. Yeah, I mean, look, we know Seattle-based sports culture full of very passionate fans and um, and really fans that like to have that community aspect to it, right? You think of all the stuff, you think of the fact that, right, like the Seahawks have the 12th man and all that kind of stuff. Like those are community engagement types of things and uh, the Seattle sports fandom uh, really works well with it. it. They, you know, community and that, that fanaticism goes hand in hand in Seattle better than just about anywhere else. And so um, it's, you know, it's not totally surprising that everything has been that way for the Kraken and with, you know, people like us and then other people who have been doing stuff like 32 crew and the engagement that they've had and everything. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just one of those. I, I'm glad it all worked out and I'm glad that it all got going so quickly right? Like it became mm -hmm. so natural and just, it all took off right away. Uh, and it, you know, in spite of the Kraken season, you know what I mean? Like that's, yep. I don't know that that would have <laughs> happened in a lot of other, uh, places. You know what I mean? Yep. That's how, you know, it's for real when, <laughs> you know, when the season doesn't go the best, but everyone is just there hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so next message from Gabe, uh, super random, but I loved the Hayden Flurry game against Minnesota when he had two goals. Tough situation for him all year, but that was the game where you could see what his upside is. And I think that's one of the best things 
through the regular season in hockey where you have a game that's just the, you know, X player game yeah. and everyone knows which game you're talking about. And that one was the Hayden Flurry game. Mm -hmm. uh, you had been talking about his upside all from before the expansion draft even. And we really got to see it on display that night. Yeah, he uh, he used his slap shot. The only game all year that he used his slap shot, but he used it and uh, it's a great effect. And yeah, as you bring up, like there are just those moments that you'll just remember from a certain player because 82 game schedule, it's a lot of opportunities for somebody to step up on a nightly basis. And uh, when they do, they do become memorable moments, particularly if you were in the building for it. You know what I mean? And that's that's yep. also how a lot of, you know, particularly younger fans might find their favorite player and stuff. And that's something we'll get into uh, more later on once we get to the voice calls and how important that aspect of it all is. But uh, yeah, I, it's it was a fun, fun game, I remember. And that was really kind of that was early enough in the season where it was like it felt like things were maybe going to turn around for the team. You know, we were getting mm -hmm. contributions from people <laughs> like Aiden Fleury. So, yeah. I, I remember the, 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 the naive hopefulness of it and the excitement around it. You know, everything was still fresh. I like it. Yep. No, that was a fun feeling. And, um, you know, I could, I could see Hayden Flurry maybe having a game or two like that with the Tampa Bay Lightning, just knowing how they yeah. operate. Yeah. I, I could see that happening. For sure. Um, all right. Next comment from Gregory. I used to work security at Climate Pledge Arena, so my favorite moment was the home game against Vancouver. The whole atmosphere was great, and when Dunn scored, it was so loud, I thought we blew the roof off the place. Yeah, that, that was a very special game, that first home game, uh, and, and especially uh, that first goal. We talked about it a little bit on the last episode, uh, but yeah, it got so loud there. The, the, everything was just kind of waiting for that one moment. It was really years mm -hmm. in the making uh, and, and everyone got to finally experience it. Yeah, I exactly. It was, it was just this culmination of so many things and uh, yeah, wasn't in the building for it, but I can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Next one from Yanni for captain, uh, the final home game against the sharks. The vibe was electric and Drieger shut out, uh, Elvis pointing out and all the, the giveaways that night, great night all around. Yeah. I mean, there, we had it at number one in our countdown for a reason. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind of brought everything together and, and just the vibe in the building was incredible. Yeah, no, it's again, right. Talking about that Seattle sports cultures, the Seattle fans, everybody showing up for that night, everybody, you know, really anticipating that night for a long time coming out because we all knew, you know, okay, that was going to be the end, so to speak, right? Uh, knew the playoffs weren't going to be in the cards for us, uh, but everybody was just so excited to to go to that, to be there for that. You had the people coming from out of town, like we talked about last time for it, and uh, and the team responding and giving that one last, you know, really fantastic performance for everybody and and living up to the hype that everybody had kind of been putting on that game just as a celebration of that first season um it's always special when you know things can live up to that hype and then even exceed it really with the Drieger shutout and with how well everything went uh how well the Kraken engaged you know the organization engaged with all the fans and all that stuff and then the product on the ice like it's uh, it's always you know really special when those moments can come together like that. Exactly, I think a lot of people there were just hoping for a win of any sort, yeah. uh, and and they ended up getting so much more than that. Uh, so the next one from uh, Maley Z. 
can we just call to say you're awesome? So we had the, yes. the number to call in there. Uh, and yeah, I guess we should mention this point. Yeah, Ed, if you ever want to, you can call in to say we're awesome. We're, we've yeah. never been ones to turn that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sure, go for it. Um, yeah, especially if you want to talk about how, how Dylan's awesome. You know, I, I never get tired of hearing that. So yeah, I don't, I, I don't either. all right uh next one from aaron the first goal first win and eberly hat trick but i can't choose just one i mean you know how could you choose just one that's why we did a list of 10 we couldn't choose one to talk about right and i I think we had all those on there right yep yeah Yeah, i think they all made i mean so many good moments yeah well Um, and, and that's you know what the season was for right you have to have the inaugural season just to get all the firsts out of the way that's mm-hmm. that's what it's there for. It's not there to go to the Stanley Cup final. Vegas got it all wrong. And as we've seen, it's like, you know, it's <laughs> wrecked them really. It spoiled their that fan base and and it like broke the brains of everyone in the front office. So <laughs> we're we're doing teams it aren't, right. Expansion teams aren't meant to do that. Yeah, right. we're we're doing it right. Uh, so speaking of firsts, this one from Jeff talking about, uh, the Kraken's first regular season game opening night in Vegas, Kraken fans took over the bar next to the arena and all the guys rushing to the game after barely clearing COVID protocols, walked right past the throng of cheering fans. Now we were there in Vegas for that. Uh, we didn't see the players going by or anything, but we heard that story yeah. and it was just, it was, it was too I don't know. It, it was just too perfect to be believed, right? Like, did they actually just walk by all the fans? Because we saw fans tweeting like, hey, I just saw these guys walk by us. Like, they must be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with COVID protocol, how it was, we almost couldn't believe it. Uh, but we did see how many Kraken fans were there in Vegas and just kind of took over the place. And um, I mean, you know, what a turnout, what a game. And then, of course, the last minute excitement. I've what an experience if you're just sitting there at the bar and these players just come by. Uh, yeah, what a day. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's really ever happened in the history of pre-gaming, right? Like, right. <laughs> you're getting ready for the game, and, it's, and, and you know, we talked about it last, last week, the struggle of trying to figure out if these players were going to play, and just the lack of mm-hmm. information. Like, it was just radio silence completely from the Kraken about it. And then, yes, that is our indication that these guys might be in, is that they were just walking down that kind of main drag of, like, outside bars on the way to the arena, just with everybody else. Um, and that was our first indication that, hey, these guys might play. Like, this is, you know, everything's going to work out. It's all going to be good for, for opening night. Um it was a lot. And then just, yeah, remembering how excited and amped up everybody was, how many Kraken fans were there. All of that is, is definitely stuff to remember for, for all of us who were there. Yeah. And, and also thank you to Jeff for posting a picture there yep. too. I mean, just you know, great to be able to kind of put myself back in that moment, just seeing everything there uh, in Vegas. So uh, next comment from Brady Eberly's game winner versus Anaheim. Now this is, is not one that we covered uh, last week. Do you remember that Ducks Kraken game? Everly scoring with, I believe, a minute 42 left. Yeah. It was one of those where it was tied late. We figured we were heading to overtime. And then Jordan Everly breaks through with what would be the game winner. Right. And and it was it's kind of the thing I should have talked about more so when talking about like the potential rivalry there between those franchises was getting that win in that kind of, you know, dagger like fashion uh, from from Everly. I remember that game well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that's going to be one of those things that helps build this, uh, you know, even even past, you know, players like like Everly 
and some of the guys on the Ducks that were there and all, and all that kind of stuff. I just think this is going to be a, a rivalry that builds and builds, but it, it will be one of those moments that we can point back to and say like, oh, that was, you know, one of those seeds that was planted that led to this. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you know, the Ducks felt it in that moment. You could see yes. it on everyone that was played in that game, how disappointed they were. Yeah. All right. Next from Jeff Head. First NHL game for my wife and I in 25 years. Both of us were overwhelmed with emotion at puck drop, and we saw the first home win, Montreal. So I remember that game well. I believe it was Jordan Eberle scoring a very early goal in that one to kind of set the tone. Uh, and as, as special as that first home game was, getting the first home win uh, was just a whole other experience. And, and in that historic game against Montreal, too, where you really you felt the history with it. And to be your first NHL game in 25 years, uh, that's a pretty good one to go to. For sure. I mean, that one, like when looking back on the season, especially as we, you know, been getting all these moments in from fans and stuff, of all the the things I missed from not being up there, I still think that game might be the one that I'm most upset I missed. It's either that one or the final game, the fan appreciation mm -hmm. night. But just because of, you know, as, as someone who cares about the history and who had spent a lot of the last offseason researching the Seattle area's hockey history and doing that little, like, mini doc series on YouTube about the Metropolitans and about them, you know, playing the Canadians and all that stuff. Like, the fact that I wasn't there, I didn't get to see the old, like, Metropolitans jersey that they had there and the, the equipment and stuff. Um, I, that one really stands out as a game that I really wish I was there for, and I can imagine... You know, just how, how cool it was. And then on top of it, that's when you get your first home win and all that other stuff added on on top of it. Uh, I think that's a that is a really, really special moment. And, and again, one of those dates that that you can kind of circle on the calendar as, from this first season and be like, wow, that night really meant something. And I want to give a little shout out too to the the team and the kind of the game day experience crew. They really did make it feel like this special historical game that you were going to. Uh, they they had the video from some of the old you know families of the Seattle Metropolitans players, and they really kind of played up that aspect. Uh, the the Stanley Cup or. or uh, was it the Stanley Cup was in the building. I, yeah. Philip Pritchard was there. I, yeah, yeah, it was there. It? So I, you know, I, I got, so. yeah. So I, I got a picture with him. That was really fun. Uh, and I do want to say I appreciated that game and the historical significance a lot more, having watched your whole series and talked to you about that as you were doing it. So I just want to thank you also for, uh, you know, adding to my experience of that game. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun to put that together. And um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's really important, and I and I think that it's it's something that, you know, Kraken fans can hold on to, right? Being the first U.S.-based city to win a Stanley Cup, even if it was uh, a little while back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I do think that that's important, and I think it's important uh, to be embraced by the, the franchise, by the Kraken, um, just to have that, that history attached to it and, and kind of have something a little bit more to sink your teeth into uh, when, when joining a league like the NHL that really does value history. And, and all the other fan bases that really value their team's history to have something like that. So you're not just kind of walking in cold turkey or like, you know, hey, we've got a bunch of WHL teams around us. You know what I mean? Like you have this. No, yep. we got the Stanley Cup before any of y'all did. Like that, that means <laughs> something. Exactly. All right. Next from Scott. Meeting very cool, like-minded people on chats, watching the games and on Twitter. It's hard to connect with Kraken fans here in Australia. That has been awesome. And that's one of the things that's really stuck with me after the first season of doing this is people really all around the world 
connecting with us and and being in those post games and talking on Twitter and all this stuff. Things I would never expect, really. I would think, oh, yeah, we'll get some people from the Seattle area. But we've seen people from Australia, as Scott is, Europe, uh, you know, everywhere. Uh, Brazil, you know, yeah. I, I, I've seen all these people from everywhere just uh, communicating and getting to know one another and really bonding over this team. Just such a cool experience. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's some of them are Seattle transplants, right? They've moved, life has taken them wherever, and but they've kept that connection to it. Um, a lot of them have just been fans that are newer to hockey, and so they wanted to connect with the newest team, right, and kind of be you know, a part of that journey from the beginning with something. And I think that that's really cool. And I think it shows, you know, the kind of more global reach of hockey tradition, uh, you know, especially into, you know, less traditional markets like a Brazil or an Australia, right? These aren't exactly known as hockey, you know, powerhouse countries or anything. Um, so yes, just the fact that the Kraken existing at all gave fans in places like that an opportunity to hop on board and learn to love the game and learn to love a team and everything is really cool. And then, yeah, just all the stuff I said from the first one about the community and and all of that stuff being added in. This is this is the one good thing about social media, maybe, <laughs> right? Like, oh no, did we lose your audio? Say Hello? something. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there are some upsides to social yeah. media. Yeah. As as we found out, so that's nice. Yeah. So uh, it, it's very very cool. Next comment from Ian. Uh, coming back from 2-0 down at home against the Red Wings. So we'll talk about this one a little bit more with the voicemail uh, going on. But that, that was a pretty cool game. It was a really cool game. And, you know, it was one of those that it was like, wow, the Kraken can do something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was still in that point of the season where we were all really still figuring out what the Kraken were, who they were, and, and, and how good they were, and what they were capable of and stuff. And it came in that kind of moment, and it was just electric. Yep. Uh, next from Cam, Jordan Eberle's hat trick. So we did talk about this one on the last episode. I All the hats flying to the ice, the puck trickling in. Uh, that's a moment I think that's going to stick with a lot of people. Yeah, and especially because it was the only one. We need we need more of these next mm -hmm. year, Kraken. Get, get on it. Yep. It, it is special because it's the only one. We don't want it to be special for that reason for very no. long. No, exactly. <laughs> All right, next one from Zamboni Jumponi. <laughs> cool, cool username, by the way. Uh, that time when Tanev was tied with McDavid for goals. Do you remember that, Dylan? I do. I mean, Tanev was off to a, a wicked hot start when it came to scoring last year. I mean, he was just playing like a man on fire the way he was skating down the ice uh, with that wonderful stride we'll call it and, uh, <laughs> and then yeah the scoring touch that was just there from the first game really right like we were seeing the glimpses from it in vegas like we were just like whoa what's going on here like breakaways and all this stuff driving the net what what's going on um so yeah it was that was certainly a time <laughs> Mm -hmm. And if you're going to have a season ending injury, you want to at least just play so well you achieved legend status yeah. <laughs> before you get hurt. Uh, so everyone is eagerly awaiting your return. And we sure are in training camp. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. And uh, last of the comments from Just a Lurker watching us win in a shootout against New Jersey. My first NHL game and it was unforgettable. What a game for your first one, right? Yeah. I mean, Dylan, you were in the building for that one. You talked a little bit about it on the last episode, but I mean, take us through it again. Yeah, I mean, it was just there was so, there was so much going on in that game. 
Um, it was towards the end of the season. So, you know, we all knew how the season had gone up to that point. Looking for, you know, hey, this could maybe become our first three-game win streak section, right? But if we got to win this game first and, and build off of that, you get the, you know, newly added in veneers and all of that stuff going on and, and the goal, and then to, to send it to a shootout. And the Kraken didn't really get many opportunities at shootouts over the course of the season. When I was looking at stuff for the over-under, I was, you know, I was looking at maybe there was something there to, to work around, and there just really wasn't that much. Um, but that one was certainly just a, an overall memorable moment. And I just remember how electric that crowd was through, throughout all of it and how engaged they were and how excited everybody was. It was, it was just so loud and, and you could just feel it. Like it was just all around you. It was almost tangible. You could almost just like reach out and grab this, <laughs> this thing, this energy, this emotion. Right. And, uh, anytime you're around for something like that, it's just, it's so special and it's, yeah, it, you can't help but feed your soul with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well said. Uh, and then we'll get to a DM from Josh where he kind of gives us a little three-moment countdown here mm -hmm. uh, from his favorites of the season. So favorite moments of the season. Three, every ECH post-game live and Patreon live stream, you all created an environment to build an awesome community and a place to refresh and learn hockey after a 10-year break following the NHL. Uh, number two, everything Tanev, a.k.a. Crazy Eyes, especially in the Avs game where he snapped his stick on the boards going into second intermission to spark the team. And number one favorite moment was being able to attend my first Kraken game and take my son to his first ever hockey game when they came to D.C. We got on the broadcast with the hashtag where I root segment, even though I never saw it as ESPN plus blacks out capitals game. But you all told me all about it on the post game live. Keep up the great work and fantastic content. I love every second of it. And then he adds, oh, man, totally forgot. Honorable mention winning the crocheted Kraken skate stocking made by Dylan's mom. So shout out to Dylan's mom. Uh, those stockings are really cool. Oh, the one behind me fell down uh, for the video version, but it's there. I promise. I, I was going to say, my mom literally told me to ask you what happened to it. It's not hanging up anymore. <laughs> it, it fell down. The, the, the chair next to it bumped into the sticks. The sticks fell down. Uh, and then I had to put them back up real quick. So that's what happened to it. Uh, it will be back up next episode. I promise. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun with Josh throughout the course of this year and all the post game lives, all the, the Patreon live streams and stuff. Like Josh was a fantastic supporter of ours, uh, throughout it. And yes, I mean, I remember how excited we were. Cause I mean, I remember how often you talked about it, Josh, just how excited you were to take your, your, your son to the game and everything. I mean, you, for months lead up, you know what I mean? And we were all <laughs> so excited for you. And then for, for that to have happened and everything, it was, it was really fun. And, and yeah, I mean, it just speaks to how awesome the, the community was that we were all just like, when it happened, we were just all so pumped for you guys. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just love that. And that, yeah, that's been one of my favorite parts of seeing this community is how everyone kind of supports each other. We get excited to experience these moments for other members of the community. That's something that a lot of us were uh, excited for to have that game circled on the calendar, just like Josh did, knowing that he was going to be able to bring his son uh, and, and watch that game. And then, of course, when he's on that Where I Root segment, uh, I, even before knowing it was blacked out or he wasn't going to be able to see it, we were all kind of taking screenshots to go send to him and show him. Uh, I, I love the way that the community just does that and, and supports each other in these fun moments. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's unbeatable. 
Uh, it really is. And then, uh, let's see, I got one on Twitter uh, sent my way from Lord Snorkel. Uh, hope you've been enjoying salmon season up there. It seems like you have been. Um, <laughs> my number one moment, I won day three training camp tickets from uh, Sasquatch NHL. So thanks to him uh, and uh, to them. And uh, the wife and I went, caught a blocker puck from Gru. So that's like wow. already awesome because those don't happen often. <laughs> and then it's, you know, it's an experience when stuff like that gets going up there. You're you're just trying to protect yourself at first and figure out what's going on, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, that happened when they were in blue line practice. And then Yanni was still a redshirt freshman loser. <laughs> uh, and then finishes it out with the top 10 moments in a 15 year marriage with some, with some great pictures from that day. And then, uh, also like just a, you know, a reply there, uh, also bumped into John Forslin talked on the stairs. I knew he was important, but zero clue. I was talking to a national treasure. So many more moments, but this one is tops. Uh, I don't think you could ask for more. Or going to to a practice practice rj we're talking about practice <laughs> right then, then something yes. like that right no absolutely i mean first of all the the blocker puck catching that that's just that's just luck of the draw that puck even comes to you being able yeah. to catch it um you know you're in for a special day when that happens to you the hockey gods are shining favorably mm -hmm. upon you that day um and yeah, getting to meet John Forsland, he was great through all training camp, going around, meeting the fan base, really connecting with people uh, as the team was getting started up. Yanni, redshirt freshman. I love that. I know. <laughs> with the red jersey on, I, we were all eagerly watching him, uh, you know, just waiting for him to see when he could get back in action. Man, this is really taking me back to training camp. Uh, such a fun time. I, we all just were, were feeling so optimistic and excited about this new team that we had. Yeah, it was it was cool. And, and just as we talked about, like, you know, it was a struggle because the players couldn't really interact with fans in that first season. And certainly, you know, through training camp and all that stuff, the COVID protocols and everybody was having COVID outbreaks, all the teams, including the Kraken. So there was just no way they were going to really have them do that at that time. Um, it, it made it that much more important that people like John Forsland, and JT Brown were out there and meeting people and talking with them and helping to build that excitement preseason uh, for everything. And then I think that that bled over into the broadcast. You know what I mean? Like they've now met the community, met the fans. They can incorporate that. They know who they're talking to. That helps a lot, right? Like you and I, I think we've talked about this before having met people in person and all that kind of stuff, it really helps us just do stuff like this because we, we could put kind of faces to what we're talking to instead of just this, you know, soulless camera that I'm staring into at the moment. <laughs> right. Like it helps to imagine that I'm talking to all of these people and, um, and, and that helps you do your job so much better. I feel like be a lot more natural, be a lot more warm and all that stuff that then led the, you know, the broadcast to be, one of the best in the NHL year one out of the gate. So um, really excited about that and uh, fantastic, fantastic tweets there, uh, Lord Snorkel. Um, we had two on YouTube. So I'm just going to go ahead and All get right. through those real quick and then we'll, well, not even get through those. I'm going to read those. Um, <laughs> I, well, you know what? I'm going to get through striatics here because striatic had to go okay, through striatics. So I'm going to I can tell that's the one you were looking at where you were saying get through <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. So that's what I'm going to do. And, and striatics was what I remember from the first home game was some Kraken fan deciding it was a bright idea to chirp Connor Garland. 
Thanks for reminding us of that, Striatic. That's the memory we all wanted from that first home game. I know that that's arguably the most, you know, notable thing about it as far as the game itself was concerned. Uh, there was maybe more notable things about it otherwise. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it was... Everybody's got to learn that lesson at some point. You don't don't tease Connor Garland. Yeah, it's it's a lesson to be learned. And hey, if there's any time to learn a lesson, it's your first game, right? You know, it's not like hey, act like you've been here before. We haven't. We haven't been yes. here before. Yes. Um. Just a shame that it had to happen that that first home game because <laughs> did not need to give <laughs> give them any more ammunition there. Um. But yes, that is and and again, it is one of those things like. Thinking about it, that was a pretty big deal. I remember talking about that on the post game. I remember that being on Twitter for days. The fact mm -hmm. that, that that fan had done that and <laughs> and everything and what resulted from it. And you know, you gotta you gotta take the the bad with the good when it comes to the memorable moments. It, it is true. So uh, I do appreciate you bringing it up, Striatic, just so we can include it in this because it it was a memorable moment from the first season. It was something we did a lot That's of talking sure. about. <laughs> Uh, and then the last one is from the Tez and it's three paragraphs long. So I don't know that I'm going to read the whole thing out loud, but I do recommend that people go, you know, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, just click back to the other, uh, the last episode and go ahead and give it a, a read because it is a, it is a fun look into someone who's been a Seattle area fan, a sports fan for so long and, and just talking about all of their experiences, uh, in it, going to all the different, you know, arenas and everything that have, you know, come and gone in Seattle and, and all of that stuff. So um, I don't want to really do it a disservice by trying to paraphrase it and everything, but I don't know that we have time to read the whole thing. But um does start off saying the Gru Avs moment shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. That was that was yep. that was fun. That whole um saga of everything and the pads and everything you know what I mean like again it's one of those <laughs> moments that maybe you don't when you're making the top 10 list it doesn't quite feel like it belongs in there in a season of all these other franchise firsts and everything but um just just all of the stuff that was around that and all the talk before and after the game about it is something worth worth remembering yeah, especially being there in person to see the pads and covering, you know, group pad gate. It was something as a reporter uh, mm -hmm. that, that I definitely remember very fondly. Yeah. So uh, thanks for thanks for writing in with that, Tez, and then everything else. And like I said, I, I do think people should go give it a read. It's it's a it's a good you know personal look at at things. Um, sure. And uh, that's what it's about. So. Let me transition over here real quick to the voicemails, get my stuff up for that. Uh, and, you know, these calls we're about to listen to are amazing. Okay. Like, yes, they, they really are. <laughs> and I'm not and I'm not trying to, like, say that, oh, my gosh, these voicemails are so great. And all the stuff we just talked about wasn't all the stuff we talked about uh, just now, all the messages everybody sent in. Those are amazing, too. And getting to hear it just from people in general. Um this is just so much fun. Uh, but I'm going to quick break down what I like so much about these as we listen to them. Um, and I'm really happy that we did this for a couple of reasons, RJ. One is just that it was fun to, to hear from members of the community, you know, hear a voice. Like I just talked about seeing a yep. face and, and putting a face to the name, uh, putting a face to the YouTube, you know, username and all that kind of stuff. Like that was a really big deal for me when I first went up to Seattle after the season had started and got to meet people face to face and how much that, you know, meant to me and how much it, it's 
helped me do this job, I feel like, right? Um, so to again, in that same vein, being able to hear the voice of someone telling their story, it kind of did the same thing for me. Um, and so that's that's all that's really cool. Um, but I also wanted to to point out as we go through these, each of these calls really highlights a different aspect of what it is to be a fan of you know a team or a sport and the relationship that we have to those teams and those sports um and so that's that's really fun and it's really rich with all these different complex emotional layers and everything and i think that all of these calls in their own way kind of highlight one of those different layers that we can have right um and so as someone who's always been fascinated with culture and particularly sports culture i i was you know i think i've talked about this before i was going the anthropology route before i transitioned to screenwriting in school um it was just a really fun experience to be able to hear all these people tell their stories in this way and and um so I'm I'm really excited to to dig into these. Uh, do you have anything you want to say about it before we listen to this first call from Todd? I'm glad you brought up just the range of different perspectives because that's one thing that really struck me is uh, you've got these different voicemails and and it felt like you know no two were even all that similar uh, and that certainly wasn't something I was even expecting as we were going into this um, and I'm just glad that this that this worked out because we were. You know, kind of unsure, like, hey, putting a phone number out there, you know, asking for voicemails, like, you never know what you're gonna get when you put something new out there like that. Uh, and I was really pleased with the response, and and I feel like that was a fun thing to do. And I'm glad we just have this phone number now to to potentially even use going forward. Yeah, and um, uh, you know, we talked about this briefly right before we started recording. Pretty easy to deal with. We were unsure about yes. how, how easy this was going to be to deal with, how easy it was going to be to put these calls you know, into the podcast and all that stuff. But uh, surprisingly easy. The quality came out better than I think we were both expecting, too. Had no idea how that was going to turn out. So overall, it's been a fun learning experience for us uh, doing something like this. And I hope everybody enjoyed it uh, who did call in. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, we'll start with this first call from Todd. Hey, this is Todd. I just wanted to share a memorable Kraken moment from the 2022 season. Uh, so my son and I have been going to Kraken games. My son and my daughter and I uh, have got a blue line plan. And so we're going to every other game. And unfortunately, I wasn't taking them uh, before they were vaccinated. They're very young. Uh, son is six, daughter is nine. And so they had uh, not been going to games before the January, roughly, and uh, then afterwards, it just so lined up that uh, my son had never actually seen a Kraken win, and it was most of the way through the season at this point, and, you know, around April, early April, he, he comes to me at bedtime and says, Dad, am I ever going to see the Kraken win in person? And I was like, yeah, no, we, you will, someday. I, I don't know if it'll be this year, but it'll be someday. And uh, April 20th, the, the avalanche came to town and they were uh, the, they had the top record in the NHL. And I, you know, told them it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be, you know, they, they may not win avalanche are really good, uh, but he was excited. We'll, we'll go see the best team in hockey. And uh, they pulled it out. Avalanche weren't playing all their starters, but you know, it was the tough fought three, two win. They avalanche made it exciting at the end. Uh, and he was just super excited that he'd, he'd finally gotten to the, the crack and win in person. So that for me was the highlight of the season. So uh, thanks. 
for for the podcast. Really appreciate everything you do. And uh, catch you later. Thanks. All right, RJ. So I love this call. All right. Todd's doing a yes. great job uh, helping his kids be a next generation of fan, um, building up that passion and sharing moments with them that none of them are ever going to forget. Right. Because um, that's that's the magic of sports that uh, you can't really put a finger on it. But that is the magic of sports. Second to Todd's son. We all went through that. <laughs> there were yes. All, there was, I was gonna, go for it. During that moment, am I ever going to see the Kraken win in person? You know, I, I think we all had that. I think I had a similar moment with Scott Brandon of Cheap Seat Sports after Heath was like 04, 04, 05. Just turns to me like, RJ, am I ever going to see the Kraken win <laughs> in person? You know, up in the press box. I, I think it's something that if, if you went through that first season, we've all experienced with someone that we know. Yeah, and, and boy, certainly all of us in the ECH community went through that with... with um with tank Ty. commander Ty, right uh just going <laughs> what what did it end up being like oh and 19 hey something like that i think oh and 14 oh and 15 was, i know I, yeah I think for sure it was and i think it kept going from that point it, yeah. and he finally got that win that that new jersey game yeah that, that was another that special was special everyone. moment about that yeah it was a it was a big deal so yeah i mean I'm just so happy that you were able to see them win <laughs> to Todd's side that I'm speaking to. I'm so happy that you're able to see them get that win and against the soon-to-be Stanley Cup champs as well. That's that's a really fun thing. That's really cool. And yeah, uh, it was a huge game. And, and for that one, too, as I'm listening to the voicemail, it really made me think about, oh, man, I was looking so forward to uh, getting to enjoy this kind of thing, you know, if I'm lucky enough with my kids one day and get to talk to them about it and hopefully having them be as excited for this as I am. Right. Exactly. It's um, it, I, I can't imagine how special it is as as a parent to be able to, to share those with your, you know, offspring <laughs> and <laughs> and to, to have those moments and stuff, because I know how how special it is as, you know, the kid right to share those moments with your yep. parents and stuff and and with friends but i got to think that it it's got that extra little bit of something something uh when it's when it's you with your kids so uh really happy for that call i, I just think that that's that's an awesome story to to be able to hear and and all that kind of stuff and and i think very relatable the <laughs> those some of those feelings very relatable for all of us um okay so this next call is from from Ken and it highlights something that i think is really, really important to all sports and stuff, but I, I really think he does a good job of applying it to, to hockey and the Kraken. So let's go ahead and listen to this call from Ken. Hi, this is Ken, season ticket holder with the Kraken since uh, last year and uh, will continue until uh, my boys go away to college. And I'm really excited about um, this opportunity. Uh, you guys wanted to hear a little bit about memorable moments. And during the podcast, it seems like you guys were blending memorable with, uh, with great moments. And I'd, don't necessarily know that those always line up because as I think about the Kraken season, a lot of what you guys already mentioned were, were some of mine too, but the one that pops in my head is Jaden Schwartz. And um, having recently been a transplant from St. Louis, I've, I've known Jaden very, very well for, as a hockey player. I got to see him play right after the Blues drafted him uh, with Colorado College. They actually came to St. Louis and had a game. Uh, watched him through St. Louis and was very happy to see him become part of the Kraken. Uh, however, uh, for those of you that are familiar with Jaden Schwartz, he is very injury prone. And, um, I remember the game. I, I, my seats are right behind where the crack and shoot twice and actually saw him take the, uh, the blow that, uh, I think he went down on one knee 
and played a couple more shifts, but uh, it was the next game that I, I, I went to as well and noticed that he was a scratch. So um, definitely memorable for me because, unfortunately, I was waiting for it to happen, and as soon as it did happen, I was concerned, and then to see him being scratched, I, I said to my wife, there it is, knew it was coming. So it's one of those things where uh, Schwartz is a – he'll be a fan favorite when people see how hard this guy works and the effort that he puts in. He really is a spark plug. Um, it's a streaky score. He'll score uh, three goals uh, in a row and then go silent for another five. Uh, but he really he really brings it every single night in, night out, and nothing but energy and nothing but effort out there. I think the fans, who a lot of them probably have forgotten about him, are really going to love him. But one of the things you got to take with the good uh, is the fact that he is very injury-prone and almost never makes it through a whole season. So anyway, unfortunately – that was one of my more memorable moments, and it was just some, one of those things where I was expecting to happen, and unfortunately, I actually got to see it live. So thanks for it. You guys do. Okay, so as I said, this call highlights something that's really important, and that's the bond we share with players, right? It's it's not just, you know, oh, I have a favorite player because it's Sidney Crosby and he's just the best one or whatever, right? But uh, it's because, you know, we form these bonds for all sorts of different reasons. It could be similar life experiences, where we're from, you know, location-based stuff, kind of like this started, right? Um, some aspect of their personality, whatever it is. Um, but those attachments and bonds we form with, you know, our player, in quotes, is just so special at deepening not just our emotional commitment or buy-in to the team and the player and everything, but also our appreciation of the game. Right, Because once you have your favorite player, you start watching them shift to shift. You're watching them away from the puck. And at that point, you're basically just scouting them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And by mm -hmm. doing that, you're, you're seeing so much more of the game than if you were just kind of watching whoever's got the puck at, at one point. And you learn to appreciate all of the little things. Because by, by watching a player you like and really wanting to focus on the things that they are doing, you're going to see the back-checking. You're going to see... The, the board battles in a different way. You're going to see them maybe go net front and try to screen a goalie, right? You're going to see them moving and trying to work behind a defense to try to create space and find a little pocket they can sit in and maybe get open for a pass, right? So by having by forming that bond with a player for whatever reason, you then just enrich your overall experience of of the game and everything and your appreciation for the sport as a whole. And I think that that's something that doesn't really get talked about. Cause I think it's also one of those things that we don't, we only really focus on like favorite player when it comes to kids. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that there's a lot of benefits to having a favorite player or favorite players as adults too. And, and I think that's one of them. Agreed. And I think Jaden Schwartz is someone where you really can get that experience too. You talked about noticing the back checking, noticing going to the front of the net, noticing all the little things that they do. And Jaden Schwartz absolutely does those things. He's someone that I feel like we really would have appreciated those smaller things had we just gotten the chance to see him more uh, last season. And that, that unfortunately, we probably didn't get to talk about, uh, you know, as much as we would have liked just because of the injuries. But um, I remember his first media availability. Uh, it was one of the first ones that I did really, you know, post free agency, we had just kind of gotten the, the Zoom press access and everything. And I thought this guy is going to be a fan favorite. I mean, he was so honest and genuine in his answers, and you could really get a sense of how proud he was to 
kind of be a part of building something new here. Uh, he really kind of took that upon himself and, and you could tell that he was excited to get going on that. And it definitely wasn't a, a, an easy media availability mm -hmm. for him either. He had to talk about some really difficult events in his life that uh, there were a lot of questions that kept coming up about that. Um, but you know, he, he was, strong about it i could tell it was it was a struggle um but he was very kind and courteous with all the media there um and i just think that there's a lot that that goes into that and he's someone that certainly if if he's just around more and we're seeing him uh someone that the kraken fans are really going to appreciate yeah exactly I, I i'm so hopeful that he can stay healthy this upcoming season and that we can all uh, appreciate those aspects of what he can bring to the team and um, you know, even when he was on the ice, he was like sneaky good last year, right? Like, uh, you know, yep. there was there was times where, you know, even I was kind of critical about about certain aspects of what he was doing. But at the end of the day, I mean, he was putting up points and um, it's it's something that the Kraken need. <laughs> it's bottom yes. line. <laughs> they just need people who can who can do that kind of stuff. So um, really, really enjoy that call from Ken. Really, really appreciate the, the opportunity to be able to talk about. Uh, that aspect of everything and uh then let's go ahead and move into this this call from brian that is yep <laughs> that is it's a really really fun and cool call i'm just gonna go ahead and play it for everybody here hi everyone brian kennecott here out here in north carolina saying hello to the emerald city hockey family uh man there were so many memories from the kraken's inaugural season picking just one is a lesson of anxiety and fomo Instead, I'll choose one game that contained a bounty of firsts for the team that turned a night into pure magic. The night was January 17th versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Prior to the game, Colby Kay's widow, Emily, was in attendance with Ryan Donato's then-girlfriend, Bradley, who's now his fiance. Colby and Ryan had been teammates and friends, of course, back when they were playing together in Boston. That day, Emily gave Ryan one of Colby's ties to wear for good luck and to be safe. Oh, the ties that bind. In the game, Ryan collected the puck at his defensive half wall, deked a defender near the red line, and darted in one-on-one -on, -one on goaltender Fleury. A sweet dangle and rebound later, Ryan potted the puck in the net and tied the game. The game would go into overtime, where Groovy was determined to make this night special. We go to the shootout. Great saves by both Groovy and Flower in round one left the game in the balance. My guy, Ryan Donato, stepped into the ice and approached the puck at the center dot. He skated out wide right and then drifted across the high slot, dusted off the puck, got Flower to commit, and flipped the puck into the net for a breathtaking beauty of a goal. Groovy held serve again in round two, and with the game on his stick, Yunus took center stage. To this point in the season, Donskoy still had not scored a goal of any kind. That was about to change. Donskoy came in with great momentum and snapped a wrister past Fleury for the game-deciding winner. With a fist pump and smile the size of a yawning cage, Donskoy skated back towards center ice where he was mobbed by his teammates. Essentially, all Kraken fans who had been pulling for Eunice took part in the mob celebration. It was a game of, it was a game of first. First win since December 15th. We'd lost nine games in a row with another seven games wiped out due to COVID. It was our first shootout win. I believe it was the first time at home, if not all season, Ryan Donato was awarded the first star. It was the first night and debut of Davy Jones, announced as the team's dog. It was Donskoy's first goal of any kind that season. It was a season of first for the Kraken. January 17th had a bunch of them. Keep cracking. 
Okay, so Brian coming in with the epic retelling of January 17th <laughs> for the Kraken. Seriously. He like, sure can paint a picture, can't he? I know. I'm like, get this guy in a booth to record some audiobooks or something. <laughs> like the, the timing, the phrasing, like all of it is just spot on. Um, I really, I felt like I was like a little kid again, you know, listening to, to someone read me a story or something. Like just how I can <laughs> sit back and, and imagine it and go back into it, right? All those memories and everything. Um, really, really, really fun. Um, and then secondly, just like what a night right? Like he completely captures yep. what it is for those of us who remember it. And, and like I just said, it took us back there. Um, There's just so much that, that led into that game and made that game special. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I almost don't even really know what else there is to say. He did such a good job. <laughs> yeah, he did. And uh, talking about the, the Ryan Donato, you know, and the Colby mm -hmm. Cave thing, I mean, that was clearly a, a special moment for for Ryan Donato and for everyone involved there. And it's something that you could really grasp being in the room for the post-game media availability and, and seeing Ryan Donato talk about that um, and, you know, almost kind of tear up a little bit. Like you could tell how much that meant to him. And, and he's, you know, he's a religious person. He, he um, you know, believes very strongly in, in, you know, that there's a reason for these things and that, um, that, that that was a special night and that, and that, you know, he had some help there. And um, it, it was just, it was striking to see that. And especially we just talked about the bonds you form with players. And I know that Brian uh, has a Ryan Donato Jersey. I mean, he's, he's very much a Ryan Donato fan. That's a player that he's kind of formed a bond with. Uh, and to see a, a banner night like that for a guy like uh, Ryan Donato, I, I'm not surprised that that's kind of the moment that he chose uh, to really highlight and go through uh, because it's just such an important night. And, and even for a, a fan secondhand, you know, experiencing that for the player, mm -hmm. um, it, it just makes a huge difference. It really does. And it's, you know, I'm so happy that we're doing this and we're reading all these stories and we're listening to these messages. Cause I do think that this is kind of something too, that, you know, I do hope that future generations of fans come back and listen to, just to hear these stories from all of these different people, right? It's not just like, oh, I'm reading it out of this book, right? About the first season, or I'm just watching like one person talk about it. I, I think stuff like this is, is really important because everything touches everybody a little bit differently. You know what I mean? And and so to, to capture these moments and what all of these little things that, you know, that isn't necessarily something that is going to be on the Wikipedia page, of the Kraken's first season or even Ryan Donato's Wikipedia page, right? But it it was a very big moment in his life, I'm sure, if you asked him. You know what I mean? And so I'm happy that we're doing this and I'm happy that you called in, Brian, and talked about it because it, it does record it, you know what I mean, in a way. So mm -hmm. if, if in the future anybody wants to know those things or wants to really learn about what it was like to be around for that first season of the Kraken, that is that is certainly one of those things. And then just, you know, Shout out to Brian. He's just been an awesome supporter for us for so long now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome to hear from you. And uh, just awesome call that that thing was that thing was really fun. And um, from one person who's been around for, for a while supporting us to another and four horsemen here. Um, let's go ahead and listen to the call from uh, from from Rob here. Hey, this is Rob. Uh, four horsemen from the post game. Longtime Kraken fan. Wanted to mention three things from last season that were awesome. Number one, Don Scoy goal. We waited a long time, but we got it. Number two, going to one of the open practices at Climate Pledge or uh, Kraken Community Iceplex 
and seeing Yanni Gord in uniform for one of the first times when he came back quickly from that injury and we got to see Yanni for a bunch of the season, that was absolutely awesome. And then the last one, got to take a step back. Hockey's a great sport. There's many great teams out there. I was excited to see some of the great players play at Climb the Fledge last year, and I got to see Crosby score a goal, Ovechkin score a goal, and McDavid score a goal. Maybe not the best thing to root for opposing players to score goals, but it's kind of cool to see them at a high level. So thanks for doing this, guys. Great idea. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Okay, so let's talk about the, the first two kind of aspects of this call, and then we'll we'll touch on the third one maybe after we listen to another call because there's a little bit of bleed through there. Um mm-hmm. Don Scoy, man. <laughs> what a ride that was. <laughs> it was it was so like intense in a way. Like like I, you know, th- there's there's that weird feeling you get that you can only kind of describe as intense even though essentially nothing's happening. And that's one of them. <laughs> was just how long it went on before we got to see, you know, him him get that first goal. Yeah, I mean, and he's someone that we were all rooting for so much mm-hmm. when we realized kind of what was happening. I remember just looking up the numbers and seeing, has any forward in the league taken more shots, had more ice time, had all of this without scoring a goal? And no, he was at the very top of that list by quite a bit. Uh, and uh, even though it wasn't, uh, you know, going back to Brian's call, talking about the Donskoy shootout winner, even though it wasn't a, you know, a goal that yeah. counted, just how happy we were for him that he was able to put the puck in the net in some fashion. Um, I think he was someone that really everyone kind of rallied around. And that's something that's special about the Kraken fan base is that um, you'll see a guy who's not having the best season just from a luck perspective. So much of that Donskoy thing was just bad luck. No mm-hmm. one has that much ice time, that many shots without scoring. It's it's just one of those, you know, hockey stat luck things. And I think in some markets, you'd have people really get on that player in a negative way. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to name names of markets, but uh, we can, I think we're all thinking of, of, you know, a team or two where that might happen. Uh, but in Seattle, it's the opposite. Everyone kind of rallied around to support him. And we were all so excited when he scored that first goal. Yeah, it was it was a really special moment when it finally happened and and yeah, the build up to it was fun and because everybody was so all in on rooting for him. Like nobody was nobody was really giving him flack. Like yes, did did we all like expect more from him? Yeah, he would say the same thing. He did say the same thing about himself, right? Like it's not like that's how mm. he wanted the season to go down either. Um but yeah, it's again, it's I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it. And I'm glad that we did talk about him a lot over the course of the season and, and shortly after the season too, just so that, you know, in the future people don't just look at his stat line from this year and go like, Oh my gosh, what a bum, he only had two goals. Like, no, he did provide a lot more for this team. Like he was scratched a little bit, but not very often. You know what I mean? Because even though he wasn't producing on the score sheet, he was really helping out this team, helping out the PK, all that kind of stuff. So um, glad glad we're talking about that. And then, uh, you know, getting to see Yanni Gord in uniform, you know, for the first time and all that kind of stuff and coming back and coming back way sooner than anybody thought he was going to. Right. I mean, we were thinking like, oh, November-ish, right, originally, mm-hmm. as far as when he was going to be able to come back. And, um, you know, Yanni just worked some of that Yanni Gord magic and was able to make it happen for us. 
Yeah, he sure did. And that was something that was even really surprising in in media circles, because uh, I was you know brand new to the whole media thing. And I was talking with people who, uh, you know, have covered the sport for years. And, and I don't think there was anyone who expected him to come back as early as he did until we all kind of saw it unfolding. And it was uh, something that just kind of amazed us all of what he was capable of. And uh, with that red jersey on, it certainly didn't look like he was holding back at all. Someone that was going 100 uh, percent, you know, regardless of of whatever injury there was to that shoulder. Um, we, it, I, and I remember too, uh, it was early in training camp, but um, Gord, he was talking about taking that red Jersey off and he's like, yeah, I think there were some guys who were going a little too easy on me. I needed a little more contact. They, I didn't want that red Jersey. You know, you could tell he didn't want it. Uh, so just that attitude from him, you could tell he was, he was going to come back as soon as possible. Yeah, exactly. And um yeah, it was so good. And then, uh, like I said, definitely want to touch on the, the third part of, of Rob's call here. But I, I think we're going to go ahead and play the one from uh, George Costanza, um, just because there is there is a little bit of of bleed through there that I think we want to that I want to touch on a little bit. So I'm just going to go ahead and play that call here real quick. RJ and Dylan, George Costanza here. I uh, first wanted to thank you both for all that you do. You've created a, a really a family here, a great community. Gets us all excited to tune in for Kraken Hockey. Um, on to greatest memory from last season. It's a tough one, uh, but i got to say it was that stretch in late November where we were really just beating top-tier talent. Um, we were coming off of that terrible, I think it was seven-game losing streak, uh, Things were looking really bleak. We just got dominated by the Avalanche, and then we had the Capitals, Hurricanes, Lightning, and Panthers. You know, we were going through that just gauntlet right there, and it was it was looking bleak. And I was going to the Capitals game um, because specifically to watch Alexander Ovechkin. Um, had my opportunity to see him before he retired. Wasn't thinking I was going to get the victory. We come in, play a fantastic game against a great Capitals game team rather fantastic game uh then we go on and we beat carolina then we lose to tampa bay no shame in that but then we beat the florida panthers the number one team in the league at the time and i think that gave all of us a lot of hope that this was going to be a decent team you know we just went through the gauntlet and we came out three and one against four top 10 teams in a row so it's got to be my favorite memory of the year Okay, so this aspect of, you know, wanting to, to see other teams, like I think that that is important. And I think that it is important to have recognized seeing, uh, you know, guys like Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, right? Like I think that those are big moments. And I totally understand the feeling of seeing those other players, seeing them score goals as Rob talked about, right? Even though it's against your team and all that stuff, but still being like, wow, I was able to see so-and-so do this, right? This historic player, these players that we know are, you know, the impact players of this generation. Because at the end of the day, yes, we're Kraken fans. Yes, we're Seattle fans. We're also hockey fans. And there are just some people that transcend the whole, oh, they're playing against my team. You know what I mean? Like I, and I, and I really mm. like that about hockey more so than really any other sport. You get that feeling of 
fan appreciation for people like that, for players like that, uh, and that just kind of recognition of not necessarily game recognized game, but just like recognizing generational talent, right? Someone like Ovechkin potentially going to be the all-time leading goal scorer, breaking a Gretzky record no one could have ever even considered being broken. And he here he is, he's just doing it. You know what I mean? So I, I think that it's, it's, I think it is worth mentioning and talking about it because really anything those guys do is historic, right? They are memorable moments, even if it comes at your team's expense. It's true. And it's something that I, I think a lot of hockey fans really do appreciate is seeing those players, even if it's against your team, uh, you know, doing well, doing the things that they can do, because you're, you're just not going to see that from other players. There's only one Alex Ovechkin. There's only one Connor McDavid. Uh, and, and personally, that's something I've always enjoyed about going to hockey games was just seeing the game's best players play in person. I, whenever I would go to Sharks games uh, when I was in college, I would go to the other team's side for warmups because I wanted to see whoever was there that night uh, in person up close uh, to just kind of see what they, they could bring. I would get to see the Sharks players fairly often. I, I knew what they could do and I appreciated it. But, you know, if the Oilers were coming to town or the Capitals were coming to town or even I remember the Predators coming to town mm -hmm. with P.K. Subban on the team. I wanted to see him warm up yeah. in person. Uh, you know, he's not necessarily the generational talent, but generational personality uh, that, that you can absolutely enjoy as a fan of the other team. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Kraken can't do their thing if there's no one to play against, right? At the end of the day, like the other, <laughs> the opposing teams are just as much a part of all of these stories, right? How have we referenced all of these moments? We've referenced them based on who they were playing. Oh, you remember Everly scoring that goal against the Ducks, right? Like, that's just how it works. They are they are very much just as much a part of the, those moments and things. So, um, again... It's just like an, it's another layer of being a, a hockey fan, of being a Kraken fan, of being a sports fan that's that's being highlighted in these calls. And, and that's what I wanted to um, just talk about. And then also from George's call, so, you know, we don't just kind of blow over his um, talking about like what we had talked about a little bit last time. Just that that little stretch where the Kraken for the first time broke through and we're just beating good teams and how awesome that was. <laughs> it was just awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And part of the excitement when you have an expansion team and like, oh, it's real. Part of it is just getting to even be on the ice and play against NHL teams and, and make an impact just from the team's presence there. But it's another feeling entirely, too, to get to make an impact as far as in the standings, beating top teams, mm -hmm. uh, feeling like you're really, you know, a, a contender, even, you know, just for a week stretch where you're team is it's real in the sense that it's making an impact on things that are going on at the top of the league and it's something the Kraken are going to feel a lot more going forward uh, but it was fun to kind of get that little stretch where we felt that for the first time yeah why did the national media talk more about us sweeping the Panthers this season yeah I mean that I don't know maybe they knew what was up with the Panthers and, and where that team would end up I don't know I was gonna say it's for the same reason you know we're, we're stuck out here on the west coast they act like that doesn't exist they act like Florida doesn't exist past Tampa <laughs> the lower half of Florida just doesn't count when it comes to the national uh media and stuff but um I, all, both of these calls remind me I gotta see Ovechkin play RJ <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> i haven't seen him yet we got to try to make that happen this year uh maybe i'll i'll try to come up for when the capitals come to seattle or something that'll that'll be fun otherwise maybe i'll try to see him when he comes to socal um 
All right, so two calls left. Let's go to to Will's call, talking a little bit more about that Detroit game that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Here's here's his call. Hi, my name is uh, Will Harrison, and I have so many memorable moments from the first uh, Kraken season, but I've got to go with the Red Wings game right now. I've always liked Detroit. That was the one game that I really wanted to go to and managed to score uh, lower bowl tickets in the crack and shoot twice end. That whole game, I mean, the atmosphere was electric. The fans around me were great. And I got an up-close and personal look at all four third-period goals as we came back to win that game. My legs were shaking as I walked out of that arena that night. It was just, it was crazy. So, Anyway, I love the podcast. Uh, Keep up the good work. Uh, Have a great weekend. Okay, so this is a little bit of what I was also talking about earlier after that Devils game, right, RJ? Of, mm-hmm. you know, your legs are shaky after the game and, and all of that stuff. Like, I'm so happy that you, Will, were able to experience that. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so much fun. But live events, whether it be sports, concerts, theater, they, they just hit different. You know what I mean? Like, there is just oh, yeah. something something different about it. They, they you know... They feed our souls. They give us that dopamine hit, whatever you want to call it. They just highlight, you know, one of those greatest aspects of community, which is being able to share an experience, right? Like we all know from personal things, right? You've you've accomplished something on your own, and you've probably also accomplished something alongside a, a group of other people or or with other people. Which one feels better? Which one do you remember more and think back to, right? Like how often do you do do you experience something on your own and you wish you shared that with someone else, right? Even if it's just so that someone else saw it and you can, you know, rag on them later about it or whatever, right? Like there's just all of that stuff gets heightened so much by community and being with other people and experiencing that raw emotion with all of those other people. And so um that's that's the stuff that I love so much about sports and about going to sporting events. And one of the reasons why hockey is my favorite sport is just because those live events are so much bigger and there's just so much more of that because of the way the sport itself is played, the kind of constant action and the always being on the cusp of something happening of a, of a score or whatever. And so I, I really I really appreciated that from this call. Of all the sports, I think hockey has the biggest difference there of seeing it live and just getting that experience. I, I've been to plenty of games in other sports and, uh, you know, I mean, football more than anything. I, I love it, but like, I feel like, oh, I'm missing the other games on TV, you know, if it's an NFL Sunday. Uh, but yeah, hockey, there's there's nothing like it. And that Red Wings game specifically, too. Mm-hmm. I remember being there and down to nothing after the second. It really had the feeling of, oh, it's one of those games. And Anyone who followed the crack at all season last season knows one of those games. They yeah. go down one nothing. They go down two nothing, and okay, it's over, right? Uh, and then Adam Larson lights the fire with that first goal, uh, mm-hmm. and then Jaden Schwartz, who we talked about earlier, was good when he was there, uh, ties it, and and then of course Yanni with the winner. Uh, just some some players that that we all kind of knew and loved, really getting it going and uh, turning it into not one of those games. Uh, I think part of the excitement with that one was that the script was already written in the way that okay, the Kraken are, are going to lose here, and we've seen this before. And then when it didn't turn out that way, it was that much more exciting. Mm-hmm. It, exactly. It. Oh my gosh, it totally did. How many how many games were we watching? Everybody right talking on Twitter and stuff 
and we would just be like, oh, it's one of these nights. And you're just like, oh, it's all happening right. again. Cool. Yeah, it's happening again. You just, you could, everybody, we could all feel it. And so when, you know, on those moments, like on that game, when the Kraken are able to kind of flip that script, it just, it really does mean that much more. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And then RJ, you know, we're, we're kind of doing this as a celebration of the first season, kind of kind of closing the, the book on that inaugural season. This last call, I think, is a fitting kind of final chapter to that. Um, so let's go ahead and, and listen to this call from, uh, from, you know, maybe a very surprised guest. Hey, gentlemen, this is uh, at... Seattle Kraken GM uh, calling to partake in uh, your best fan moments uh, of the inaugural Kraken season. Um, mine would have to be May 1st, 2022, with the uh, Seattle Kraken up 3-1 to one in Winnipeg, seemingly meaningless last game of the season. Uh, of course, we were up 3-1 to one, um, in the third period. Winnipeg came back with three goals in the third. And uh, the loss gave us the third lowest point total in the league, which helped edge out the Philadelphia Flyers for the best shot at that third and ended up being fourth spot overall. Without that loss and that valiant giving up of three goals in the third, we'd all be trying to get excited about Cutter Goche. So that stands out certainly as uh, my famous or favorite part of the, the season. Um, hopefully it's a famous one but maybe I'm biased because I am the GM. Keep up the great work. All right. So how nice was it for Ron Francis to give us a call, RJ? Yes. I mean, it's very considerate. I'm sure he's, you know, he's always busy, even if it's August, but to take the time to, to give us a call was very nice of him and, and to pick out his favorite moment of the season. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, we, we've talked about other memorable moments from the first season that were not like wins, right? You know, we talked about other te- other players and other teams having success against us. We've talked about, uh, you know, the Connor Garland thing, whatever it may be. Uh, but this is definitely one of those like, wow, we sure won. We sure won the war by losing that battle kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was such an interesting game, too. And I remember talking to you know, just various people around the team who, let's be honest, no one was thrilled to have to go out to Winnipeg at the end of what should have been the season. It should have been over. Everyone should have been on vacation, but everyone had to go out to Winnipeg for one final game on, on May 1st. Uh, and I mean, what an important game looking back potentially. And this is really the perfect end to this because it kind of segues into the the hope and everything for next season as we close the book on, on this season. Um, but you know, if the Kraken win that game, I think we're looking at a very different offseason and and we're looking at a very different conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, we for sure are. Um, yeah, I mean, having Shane Wright around, obviously he hasn't done anything yet, right? Like he's shown up for dev camp. But, you know, we all just know kind of there's just a feeling around it and everything. And, and even if it only ever ends up just being this the excitement around this, right? Like there's that means something. And, um, yeah, it was just one of those weird things of, I, I mean, I, cause I remember it was just such like a throwaway game feeling anyway, mm-hmm. like even that day, like, yeah, nobody, nobody was happy about having to go up there, even for all of us. Like we watched it and everything, but you know, 
obviously the season was what it was. <laughs> it's last game. We knew very much what it was. And it was certainly the closest, you know, closest loss to an Emerald City dance party we had on a post-game live. You know what I mean? And part oh, of that sure. was the fact that it locked up three, right? The, the You know, locked up that our spot at the bottom of the standings. And people were really excited about that because that was the only thing that we really had left to root for. Um, so it, and, it was And we funny. weren't talking about... And we weren't talking about... Um, Oh, we'll have the third pick. We've got the third pick locked up. It was, we got the third best odds to get Shane Wright. Exactly. Everyone was talking about one name, and that was Shane Wright. Right. It didn't happen the way that we all thought it was going to happen, but that's the hope of that was what we were excited about. And that made it happen somehow. Yeah. It, well, and it, and it made it happen in an eerily similar way to this game where. Mm -hmm. You lose the lottery, you get pushed back a spot, and yet somehow you end up on top. Like, how does that work? Like, the, the fact that the game and the draft and the lottery, all three of those events, kind of followed the same script. It's really quite interesting and quite fun. And, and yeah, I just think it's the it's the perfect way to, to end this. And, um, and yeah, I just had so much fun getting to hear from everybody, getting to getting to talk about all these memorable moments these last two weeks, and and think back and remember about it all. And and like I said, I'm just happy that, you know, we're we're able to kind of record this history. I know how special that's been for you and me as sports fans and history fans to go back and and look at other people who have done this kind of stuff. Right? Um, the NHL doesn't quite have like an NFL films type department that that really you know can put together just all this stuff all the time to feed us right it's it's got to be more of a little bit of a fan thing to do particularly for on a team by team basis and so i'm i'm it's kind of cool that we get to you know potentially do that for for future fans exactly this episode i can tell is one that i'm gonna go and look back at over the years mm -hmm. it's probably going to be one of my favorites uh to go back and listen to 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 watch again and just to really relive all those moments and after recording the one last week where it was kind of our our top 10 i knew that i was going to be even more excited about this one and and especially the week leading up to it and just as all of these messages all of these calls all of these uh dms kind of flooded in uh it, it just kept making my week over and over again uh, getting to see these come in and, and to have it kind of culminate in this episode, it, just really special. And, and um, I, I'm just so happy we got to do this. Yeah, no, it's it's been such a ball. Thanks to everybody who participated. Uh, thanks to everybody who's, you know, supported us this whole time as we kind of end our uh, 50th episode celebration thing with the end <laughs> of episode 51. <laughs> um, it's It's been such a fun, such a fun journey uh, through it all. And and now we can, yeah, start looking looking ahead to season two. I know so many people, RJ, seeing them on, on Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Just everybody is so ready for, for this season to get going, for training camp to get going. Oh, yeah, me too. Hopefully less than a month away. I was going to say, and let's see if we can work our podcast magic, RJ. I'm going to end the podcast here. I'm going to say see you later, everybody. And then let's hope that in the next 24 hours we get an announcement of when training camp's going to be. Yep, that's how it works out usually. So uh, maybe they were just waiting on this one to drop.
uh you know i'd believe it <laughs> after this <laughs> after the year we've had through it all and everything i'd i'd very much believe it and i'd be okay if that's if that's our contribution to everything is making things happen um all right thanks so much again everybody had had such a fun time and uh we'll see y'all next time